You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going? It's going well, man. How are you? I'm great. We good, are good. we are single digits, Matt. We are nine days away <laughs> from the NFL draft. I am ready to uh, ready for it. Ready to go. Ready to get past all the mock drafts and speculation and and learn these landing spots. Yeah, it's about time. We haven't uh, we haven't talked Steelers specifically in a while. Uh, what are, what are they thinking at? Uh, at 20 overall, is it, is it Malik Willis? Is it definitely a quarterback? What are you thinking? I, I don't think so, uh, that it's definitely a quarterback. I mean, I think if Willis is there at 20, they'd be very happy to do it. Um, I, I think that wide receiver is very much in the picture. A safety like Dax Hill from Michigan is very much in the picture. Um, maybe a second-round quarterback, a Howe or a Ritter if they fall, but I don't have a great feel for it. And this isn't even a Steeler-specific item, but more for everybody. I don't know where to project these quarterbacks to go. Do you have a hunch? It's tough. And, and yeah. even even the teams that have obvious needs that could go quarterback or could – could go with another option is obviously i mean we're talking about seattle and atlanta both picking in the top 10 uh carolina six overall those teams all need a quarterback but i i'm thinking about landing spots and we had that we had that running back landing spot conversation a few weeks ago and the more i look at every position i don't think there's great landing spots for very many of these players you know i'm I'm interested mm, yeah. if I'm in, I'm interested in the Green Bay wide receiver, obviously, like every other fantasy player. I'm interested in the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver if they get one in the in the first or second round. I'm interested in the Steelers quarterback. I think that's that's the best quarterback landing spot by far. Yeah. Um, Buffalo running back is certainly interesting if they went with uh, went with Hall or Walker. Other than that. It, it it's not very exciting. Uh, we we've kind of downed this class for the past several months, and 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 may, you know maybe it's it's combination of just being ho hum on the class and and really not that many great landing spots. You look at the teams that are probably going to take a wide receiver: the Eagles and the Jets and the Saints. None of those feel super exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing, just to add to that, is Steelers.com asked me to just list my 10 highest-ranked defensive players, my 10 highest-ranked offensive players. And that's not necessarily a fantasy thing, Mm -hmm. but the defensive players were so much better than the offensive players. (laughs) It wasn't even close. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I mentioned mock drafts. If you look at mock drafts, and, and we'll talk a little bit about them, today and and really leading up to the draft the the top 10 certainly littered with defensive players along with offensive linemen so yeah, yeah. i was actually looking back at, at mad at some of my tweets from uh a, a year ago basically leading up to the 2020 
uh, or 2021 NFL draft. And at one point, Mel Kiper Jr. had 10 offensive skill players as his first 10 players off the board last wow. year. You know, we're talking Lawrence and Lance and, and Fields right, right, right. And, and Jamar Chase, all those guys. Uh, Kyle Pitts, obviously. Um, so we've we've got the polar opposite this this time around. I don't know if you've seen this, but um, the Monday morning quarterback that came out this past week, uh, you know, he was kind of talking about they might it might be the first time ever in the top ten. I think this is how it was worded that a player that doesn't touch the ball will a player that touches the ball won't be drafted. You know, a tight end, running back, quarterback, wide receiver. That there's a legit chance in the top ten, none of those positions go. Yeah, well, well, we know tight end and and running back won't be drafted in the top ten. Certainly, uh, some quarterbacks and wide receivers have a chance, but it it wouldn't right, be right, a right. shock if we had all defenders and offensive linemen in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Matt, before we get into our rookie profile today, we're going to wrap those up this week, by the way. We're going to be talking about Trey McBride, the tight end one, according to most people. We'll do that later in this episode. But before we get there, I want to take a look at the latest Dynasty Rookie ADP. This comes from Dynasty League Football, of course. Uh, And Matt, this is our last pre-draft ADP. And and one thing, and, and if you really like to do this research yourself, I love to nerd out on this kind of stuff but i like to go back and look at last year and previous years uh before the combine before the nfl draft and look at how these players value changes that's really what i want to focus on with this group here today is looking at these top 12 guys in the first round and trying to get an idea of which one or or more than one possibly is likely to fall maybe that's Maybe that's a draft capital concern. It's it's obviously impossible to project landing spots uh, accurately at this point. But um, we'll, we'll go over these top 12, and, and I really want to hear from you. Yeah, this looks <laughs> – I love DLF and their wonderful friends of the show, and this isn't their projections. They're just gathering data, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, this and, isn't – It, it I, certainly falls off a cliff pretty quickly. Um, I think this list is very – off of how it'll actually go down. To be All right, well, let's get yeah, into yeah, it yeah, then. Right, let's right. get into it. This is our one quarterback rookie ADP, by the way. If you're a Superflex player, we'll do the same thing tomorrow with our Superflex rookie ADP. But this is one quarterback. 101, Brees Hall. Not much conversation there. He seems to be the uh, almost consensus 101. So he's locked down that, that one spot for now. Traylon Burks is the 102. Um, remember, he was the 101 previously. That was actually pre-combine. Since the combine, he's fallen. Personally, I'm surprised he's not fallen further than the two spot. Yep. Kenneth Walker, 1.03. Uh, and then we get into just a collection of wide receivers. We expect these wide receivers to, for the most part, be drafted in the first round and day one of the NFL draft. Uh, I think we could we could shake this order up uh, and, and place them really in, in, in several different orders. And hopefully we get a little bit of, uh, clarification, a little bit of help on NFL draft weekend, because right now it's tough to rank these. Garrett Wilson is four. Drake London is five. Jamison Williams is six. Chris Olave is seven. Those guys grouped pretty closely. 
Um, I think we, we've got a teardrop after Olave at seven. I could see that. Yeah. Isaiah Spiller is eight. Uh, of course, the, the running back formerly in, kind of in, in consideration for not only the RB1 spot, but the 101 spot. Uh, that feels like a long time ago now because he has fallen. I think he'll continue to fall, honestly. 1.09 is George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, and 1.11 is Sky Moore. All three of those guys have a chance to be late first rounders in the NFL draft, probably more likely to be second rounders. And 1.12 finishing off the first round is Rashad White, the pass-catching running back from Arizona State. That's the list, Matt. So what stands out to you? you, you a lot. You said, you said you didn't like the list. You don't like the order. I understand. Um, let's start with this. If there's one player in this group who's not going to be a first-rounder in Dynasty rookie drafts post-NFL draft, who is that going to be? Well, White's the easy one. He's 12. Yeah, right. so yeah, I mean that's I mean, that's low hanging fruit. I don't think I'm taking Spiller in the top twelve. Yeah, yeah. Well, why does the obvious answer? I mean, we've talked right, about right. we've talked about grinding the mocks as one of our resources that we've used throughout this pre-draft uh, season. If you look at um, our buddy Dane Brugler, just came out with a uh, full seven round mock draft last week. I actually wrote an article based on that in his. Uh, projection Rashad White was a sixth rounder. So, I mean, hopefully we've, we've learned our lesson with taking day three running backs uh, with, with good landing spots too early. And, and if Rashad White is a sixth rounder, there's there's no way he belongs in the, in the top 12 right, right. of dynasty rookie drafts. So you're right. He's the low-hanging fruit because he's he, – Closest to the second round. Sure, sure. But I think he's the most obvious answer as well. Uh, what about Spiller, though? You said you don't like him in the top 12 either. Yeah. Um, let's just focus on running backs real quick. Because I yep. think Hall and Walker would be my one and two, clearly. And I, I prefer Hall to Walker. But I think there's an argument there. I think those two stand alone. And my, th- my number three running back is Pierce from Florida. And my number four running back is Amir White from Georgia. And I like all those guys better than Spiller, better than Rashad White. And I don't hate Rashad White, don't get me wrong, but he may be a late second when it's all said and done. I mean, Strong, Ford, Robinson, Algier, uh, Michael or, uh, Ingram, you know, like there's some other, there's a lot Cook. of backs in this class. Cook, yeah, right, that may be ahead of Rashad White when it's all said and done. Yeah, I've said this on other shows as well. I just don't, I don't get what it is with with not just the dynasty community, but with the fantasy community in general that has given Rashad White this value boost above guys, uh, basically all the names you just mentioned. Because you talk about Damian Pierce and Brian Robinson. We'll talk about Brian Robinson on tomorrow's show. By the way, uh-huh. we yeah. talked Zamir White last week. James Cook is another one. Jerome Ford is a guy I like. Yeah, we haven't talked like about Ford him. Too, yeah. Haven't talked about him much on this show. Yeah. I just don't know what it is about white that has pushed him up into that RB four spot. I, I don't think he'll be the RB four in the NFL draft. I, I don't think Spiller will be the RB three. So we're on the same page with, with both of those guys. 100% don't think Rashad white is the top 12 dynasty mm-hmm. rookie pick. And, and I'm with you. I would, I wouldn't be shocked if Spiller, is the second rounder either. Yeah. I mean, with guys like 
Watson, Pierce, Malik Willis, you know, not on this list, plus all the backs we mentioned. I don't know if Spiller goes in the top 12 in my on my rookie board. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what about the wide receivers? Like I said, I think we'll get some help from NFL teams, landing spot, draft capital, when it comes to those potential first-rounders. But what about the group that includes Pickens, Dotson, uh, Sky Moore? Watson's not on this list, but he's in that conversation yeah, as yeah. well. Uh, who stands out for you there? I also like Pierce a lot, who's not on this list. Um, That's that Alec, area, Alec Pierce? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That area, I have no problem with at all. You know, I think Pickens, Dotson, Moore is right where they should be. Um, wide receiver-wise, though, I would definitely take London, Jamison Williams, and Garrett Wilson over Burks. Yeah, that seems to be kind of the growing consensus. Is, is okay. too strong of a word. But the growing, the growing trend, I guess, is that Burks is falling. Uh, again, I'm, I'm surprised he's hung on to that number two spot. Yeah. I, I think what we'll see. I think people think he's going to get all these carries. And I think he's going to get like two carries a game. Yeah. I, I think what, what we'll see ultimately in single quarterback drafts is Hall and Walker as the top two, yes. top two picks. Um, barring, I mean, if we, if we get Burks, Wilson, London, Williams, maybe Olave, if we get any of those guys to Green Bay, Maybe they're two. Maybe they're even one, potentially. Um, Maybe. But for the most part, I'm expecting Hall and Walker as the top two guys. Yeah, I agree. Good conversation on rookie ADP and what we expect moving forward, Matt. When we come back, we'll talk about Trey McBride, the tight end from Colorado State. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you guys about Athletic Greens. I've taken a multivitamin every morning... 30 years. I mean, my whole life. And I'm very conscious of that sort of thing. And I heard about Athletic Greens, and I'm like, boy, if I add that with the multivitamin, I'm going to be in great shape. And I started a couple weeks ago, and it's really been good. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, Athletic Greens has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that, you know, really get your day started right. And I absolutely think I have definitely more energy, more spunk. You know, everything's just a little bit, you know, quicker to on, on the radio and you know the way I talk and the way I react to things. And pull back the curtain a little bit. I've had some digestion issues in the past, and not lately. I, I think that Athletic Greens has really solved that. So I highly recommend it to all you guys. I mean, any, anyone that's really into your health, definitely take a look at that. Um, the thing about it is you can you can scoop it in basically with anything, and it still tastes good. It doesn't taste like you know some of these green drinks I've had in the past that are just hard to get down. By no means is it anything like that. Um, it also supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. As I mentioned, I think I've really noticed that. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best uh, best products based on the latest science with constant product alliterations and third-party testing. Again, I told you I'm a big multivitamin uh, guy and I have been forever. Well, this is even better. 
Uh, it costs you less than $3 a day. I mean, so it, it really makes a lot of sense, too. Um, go look at even like their reviews. I mean, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, including one for myself as well. Uh, they also donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2022. So it's really a good company. Again, just please check it out. Um, so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. Sure. Uh, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. I mean, I just take one while I'm surfing the net in the morning to see what went on in the football world. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network, all one word. That Again, that's athleticgreens.com NFL Network slash NFL Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks so much. Hey everyone, let me tell you about betonline.net. They're your number one source for all your betting, stats, and sports info without question. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the start of Major League Baseball season, all that good stuff. Uh, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's the only place I use, that's for sure. Thanks so much. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now, for a big announcement, starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. For those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Draft special, hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, all week leading up to the first pick. Look for those on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page and the Locked On NFL Draft podcast feed. Matt, we were talking about the rookie class from one year ago, and, and it just made me think how much time we spent talking about tight end Kyle Pitts. And, and that oh, all man. paid off. Uh, he, he's the dynasty tight end one now pretty easily. Uh, and it just made me, it made me a little sad because we don't have, we don't have a tight end, the level of Kyle Pitts or not really even close, honestly, in this class, but we do have a good solid tight end one, Trey McBride. Um, and, and, and it's, it's probably not fair to compare anybody to Kyle Pitts. Uh, right, 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 right. But Trey McBride looks like the tight end one in this draft, both uh, from an NFL perspective and from a dynasty perspective. He's a senior, uh, 22 years old, six foot three, 249 pounds. Uh, Matt, before we get into some of the numbers on Trey McBride, uh, you've, you've talked about it on here. You, you end up watching more of the players that the, the Steelers might consider. Um and I wouldn't think they would be looking at McBride. Of course, they no. used their their second rounder on Pat Fryermuth last year, and there might be a little bit of uh, a little bit of comparison between these two. 
Um, I can see that. I, I trying not to be a homer. I mean, let's take Pitts out of the equation. But I would take Friar Muth over any tight end in this draft. I mean, not by leaps and bounds. But yeah, I would too. I think yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure McBride's even my one. I know he's a consensus. But there's five or six I like and would like to have, but I'm not going to invest heavily in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And, and we'll get into the, the rookie ADP and everything else soon. I don't know that McBride is is worth a, a pick in the top 20 of rookie drafts. Right. Um, I, th- I, I think the, the wide receiver class is so deep. And, and uh, of course we'll, we'll continue to talk about that as we get closer to the draft, but the wide receiver class is, is so deep. We mentioned a bunch of the names earlier. I, I think I'm just, I'd just rather gamble on even those second and third tier wide receivers. I'd even rather gamble on next year's Khalil Herbert's. You know, they're going to go in the yeah. fifth round of the NFL draft. You know, right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, McBride's numbers are good counting stats from his time at Colorado State as a sophomore. Uh, really, when he started seeing some playing time, 45 catches, over 500 yards and four touchdowns. COVID-shortened season in 2021, 20, I'm sorry, 2020. That was 22 catches, 330 yards and four touchdowns in just four games. And then the huge final season for McBride this past year, 90 catches, 1,121 yards, just one touchdown. And, and Matt, that gives him a total of 10 touchdowns in his four-year career. Typically, we think of, of those tight ends, uh, especially a big-bodied guy like McBride as, as a, a prime red zone target. I mean, that's what Fryermuth uh, has done. That's not what we're getting from McBride. I, I hope this isn't. I hope it's just a fluke, but it's hard to say. Yeah, uh, again, he's not overwhelming physically to me. I mean, he had a lot of contested catches and is on the little on the short side, doesn't have super long arms or anything like that. But he's great at contested catches, um, can operate in a lot of different alignments on the field, including like a fullback type, you know, a use check type usage mm. at times. Um, but I don't see him get a lot of separation, but he also got a lot of attention from defenses. Everyone knew that the ball was going to him at Colorado state and was the focal point of that, that passing game and still produced it a a big way. So I kind of think he's a one, a one B type of guy at the next level, you know, maybe match him with a blocking tight end. Not that he's a bad blocker, but he's not super dynamic to me. Um, I could see, you know, you have a note here that he's a three-star recruit. I could see why, you know. Yeah, I'm, I mean, he just feels he just feels fine, right? Just He's fine. Um, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, Austin Hooper, right? Like, that's kind of yeah. uh, a limited upside. I don't think we're ever going to look. And, and honestly, I, I, I feel like I probably said the same thing about Fryermuth last year as well. But I don't think we're ever going to look at McBride and think he's a, he's a top five dynasty tight end. I don't think we're ever getting to that point. Um, Size and strength are on his side. Can, uh, like you said, an adequate blocker, actually a a pretty solid blocker. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He puts the effort in. Right. And, uh, but but also big, strong hands can, can make the catch. uh, And, and really looks at his, uh, looks, looks the most athletic during that run after catch. He's got the ball. He's plucked the ball out of the air and, and he's moving. Um, for a big guy, elusive enough, yeah, um, okay. and and maybe maybe more than you would expect. Yeah, uh, again, I mean, he 
productive. He's a good football player. He just doesn't have a lot of traits that I look at and say, mm. yeah, I was talking about my joke about my hot young tight ends. I don't think he'll be one, you know? Oh man. He missed the cut on that, huh? <laughs> Matt, when we come back, we'll finish up the conversation about Trey McBride. We'll talk about his NFL value, dynasty value, and the best landing spots. All right, let me take a chance here, you know, a little time out of our to talk about rockauto.com. Um, they've been a really good good friend of the Locked On Network now for a long time, and they do amazing work. And with all the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, truck, whatever, at a traditional chain storefront. It just makes no sense. So a lot of you do a lot of work on your cars, and it makes a lot of sense financially or as a hobby or whatever you got to check out rockauto.com because their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They, it, rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do, for example. Um, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you're looking for. Their catalog's extremely easy to navigate. Uh, see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, prices you prefer. Uh, I mentioned that the prices are always reliably low and same for, for, for professionals as they are for you guys. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how do you, how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. That's locked on, two words. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Be sure to check out tomorrow's episode when we talk about Superflex rookie ADP and a Brian Robinson rookie profile. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're talking about Trey McBride today. Uh, looking again at grinding the mocks, as I said, he is pretty much the consensus tight end one. They do project him to be the first tight end drafted uh, at 56 overall. We're talking about a late second round pick. The next tight end is not projected to be drafted until all the way down at 83. Uh, that's Greg Dulcich, by the way. So we're, we're talking about a huge gap between McBride and everyone else. You said you like some other tight ends. Uh, who who else is kind of on your radar? Um, I like Dolchich. I like Otten quite a bit. Um, I think Ruckert's really interesting at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And I'm stealing this from Chris Sims's podcast I was listening to earlier. And he had a great point. He said, if Ruckert wasn't playing with three first-round wide receivers and with Colorado State, would he do the exact same thing McBride did? I'm like, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's bigger, stronger, runs just as well. I mean, he's a little more gifted. I think Jelani Woods from Virginia yeah. is going to be my hot young tight end. You know, just stash him and see what happens. I really like Isaiah Likely. I mean, especially for fantasy. He's just a big wide receiver. And another sleeper type that I'm not seeing enough love for, because he didn't have a lot of tape, is the Virginia Tech kid, James Mitchell. I like him a lot. 
Oh, nice. I haven't, I actually have not checked him out at all. So I will, uh, I will have to do that soon. I've got a little over a week to do that. feel like you got to do all your homework yeah, uh, before the out. NFL draft gets here. So again, 56 overall tight end one for, uh, for Trey McBride, according to grinding the mocks over at DLF, we've got his, uh, his ADP as 19 overall. Uh, so I, I said earlier, I wouldn't spend a top 20 pick on him. That's uh, of course, kind of, kind of in line with what our, um, mock draft ADP says he's still the tight end one, uh, according to that data though, looking at our startup ADP 157 overall and tight end 18. So you, you throw him in with the veterans and he's the tight end 18. Does that sound fair to you on, on, uh, on the surface map? I guess. I mean, this position's a little rough, you know, obviously, and I, I think it's a little bit of a downtime for that uh, 10 to 20 overall tight end. Usually I like more guys there than I do at the moment, and that might be subject to change after some, you know, team movement and the rookie class enters the league. I guess that's fair, but he's probably my tight end I haven't, you know, done rookie ranks for tight ends, but I probably would put him as like my tight end three in this class. So maybe he's a little lower for me. But the name, the names you have listed here, I mean, would I rather have them than Chenault or Landry? Yeah, probably. Yeah, if you look at our overall ADP being drafted around Corey Davis, Lavisca Chenault, Jarvis Landry, Chuba Hubbard, uh, look at specifically tight end ADP though. I mentioned he's tight end 18. He's being drafted up above Hunter Henry. Eh, yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, Evan Ingram, Gronk are behind yeah. him. So tight end 18, maybe maybe yeah, a little. I think I'm lower than that. Yeah. Maybe a little high there. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about landing spots. We we started the show by saying there there really aren't that many good landing spots for this class as a whole. Uh, but there's some teams that could use a tight end, and, and some of the best and, and most explosive offenses in the league are among those, including the Cincinnati Bengals. They lose C.J. Uzoma. They sign Hayden Hurst, uh, giving uh, giving McBride a chance to sit behind Hurst for a year would not be a, a bad thing. Same thing with the Packers. They bring back uh, Robert Tunyon. But, uh, That's a phenomenal landing spot. For yeah, McBride. Yeah. Uh, they've got a... a couple second round picks do the Packers. So if, if he's one of those, that would be a good spot. The Colts have, have had such good tight end play for years. And, and that's, that's kind of hit a wall. That's slowed down. Certainly the saints could use the tight end. The Buccaneers could use the tight end pending uh, Gronk's decision. And, and maybe even regardless of Gronk's deci- yeah, decision, when you think long-term uh, and then Carolina as well was another team I thought of. Uh, out of those, what would be your favorite landing spot for McBride or, or really any tight end you like in this class? Uh, the Packers by far. Um, Indy would be high on the list. Um, not to dispute your your Panther, you know, one here. The problem with the Panthers is they have the sixth pick in the draft and then they'll pick again to the fourth round. So can they really draft a tight end or will McBride even last to the fourth round? Probably not. Um, two teams that have a lot of picks that I jotted down were Jacksonville, and I know they got guys, but I mean, I think that's they've they've been after tight end since they drafted Lawrence, either through trade or free agency. Could they add another? But a really sneaky spot to me is the Texans are the only team I think that have more draft picks than Kansas City now, 
What if McBride hmm. or any of these project tight ends ended up in Kansas City? Yeah, Kansas City, I would not mind. I mean, we, we love Travis Kelsey, but he's... He's an old man. Yeah, he's, he's getting up there. So um, you don't necessarily look at McBride and think you're getting immediate impact or production um, really from regardless of the landing spot. So... I mean, really, any tight end, unless it's Pitts. You know, yeah, you got to look down the road for these guys. Yeah, so yeah, I would, I would be good with Kansas City. I would not be good with Jacksonville. By the way, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, bad. Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, and I'm, I'm not ready to trust that offense yet. So I would, I would not uh, like Jacksonville if that's the McBride landing spot. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Cincy's not a bad one though. No, Cincy would be fun. Uh, uh, Cincy and in Green Bay, I think, are the the pretty yeah. two obvious ones. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.